hoops, we talk life. Let's dive right in. So, uh, Carrie Carter, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, hey man, um, I've been looking you up. Um, I know you played in the Drew League. I know you're playing overseas. Uh, let's give a little insight to our listeners. I know you grew up in West Covina, um, played right. basketball out there, obviously, and then went to St. Mary's. How was playing at St. Mary's? St. Mary's was good. Um, Division one school, basketball school, not too small. By the time I got to St. Mary's, I was kind of not really looking for the things that some other kids that are getting recruited are looking for as far as partying and you know doing the extracurriculars I was focused on basketball and it was a good fit for me you know I fit within that system got all conference and things like that and they really just showed me how to be a part of an elite team so it was a good fit there right on hey uh, so playing there obviously it was a D1 back when you were playing I believe Gonzaga was like rank 3 how was playing against a super elite team like Gonzaga man Gonzaga was kind of that that older brother team in the conference that that year it's just they were tough to beat um they had a loaded backcourt and Kevin Pangos and Gary Bell and um just a bunch of pros man that's just the best way I could explain it they had a lot of professional players that were still in college and um Guys like Sabonis, who was playing in the ACB before he even went there, and Karnowski, who was on a national team. They were just a tough, tight-knit team. And on top of that, they had a super coach in Mark Few, who's never missed the NCAA tournament as a head coach. So they were just a well-put-together team, and they played as a well, a fine-tuned machine. So it was good, man. It kind of prepared me for professional basketball now. Cool. Man, that's great. I love to hear that. Now, was there ever... Um, a situation where you were like, whether it was against Gonzaga, like playing against like Pankos or another team where you were like, dang, I got to guard this guy tonight or I got to guard this situation of defense. Was there ever one of, ever one of those moments? Not really, because I mean, as a competitor, I look forward to that. So it's not really so much as, man, I have to guard this guy so much as, man, I get to guard this guy. Um, cool. You know. As far as being on that stage, we played a lot of those games on national television. So that's really how I got my name going up against those big names when nobody knew who I was. So it was more of an opportunity for me. And looking back, that's kind of what opened the door for my career now. Oh, see, yeah, that's great. So were you more motivated when you were like, oh, I get to get I get to go against these guys tonight, What whatever school it was. And you were just like super hyped where you were like, I'm coming with the. The nasty no-look pass, I'm hitting the Jays, you know, all that. Absolutely. I mean, when you play, because college basketball runs deep in that conference. I mean, this is, this is predated before I was even playing basketball, that they were a rivalry. So you're looking at the history of that, and, you know, it's still carried on today to where the kids are doing their research online about you, so the fans are giving you, you know, some really good put-downs. You know, they kind of know your history a little bit, too, because they prepare for those games. So you know what you're going into. you got to be mentally strong about it. And it's it's so easy to get hyped for those games because there's just so much energy in the building before you even get in there. So by the time somebody like me coming from West Covina comes in, everybody's excited to see you know, those guys beat up on us, but I'm excited to show them that, you know, I've been prepared for this my whole life. <laughs> Love that. So I, I know you're playing overseas and you're playing professional ball. 
Now, as a college player, um, you know, running the point, you were averaging 10.6 points a game. Um, and last season, you were average, averaging 25.32 uh, a game in point average. I mean, that's a yeah. big jump. Now, is that because, obviously, is that because of, like, say, strength and conditioning got involved, fitness, diet, or was that just a maturity thing? Um, it's a combination of things. Actually, when I was in college, they didn't really let me play on the ball too much. I was kind of on the wing, um, and I was known for my shooting and my defense. And then as I transitioned to my pro career, I hit a little bit of adversity when I went to Spain, and I got cut. And now I was at home for pretty much the whole season just with a decision on my hands. You know, I didn't have enough money saved to really keep myself afloat without working and stuff like that and pay for my workouts. But at the same time, I knew I had already attained this position in my dream, so I was going to keep going. So what I did was I just developed myself into a point guard. I got in the gym with one of my close friends, Jonathan Gibson, and my trainer, Phil Scott, and you know, Keon Kindred and all these guys just kind of helped me become an elite ball handler and a real point guard. And so last season, when I really had my breakout year, I kind of knew how to be a killer already from before, but I was able to have all these tools sharpened in my bag to when it came time to do it, I could score if I needed to, I could pass when I needed to, I could still play defense. And so it kind of was just a formula to where, you know, the setback actually helped prepare my career forward. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that you had a a uh, so-called demon, you know, uh, culture shock hit you and uh, hit you in the face, and then you actually got up and said, hey, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna keep me down," and you kept moving forward. Yeah, it's you a know? real gut check overseas. I mean, it's it's not like college to where your your contract is protected. You know, you have class and all these other aspects, and you're a student. Basically, I went into practice, and I was in there early getting up shots, and they just came in and told me, like, hey, you know, we want to talk to you in the office, and I was on a flight home in the morning, so I kind of I kind of really had to check my ego at the door and just decide what I wanted to do, and, um, you know, this game will reveal your true colors at some point, and I just kind of, I had to do some soul searching and realize that nobody wants this more than I do, so that's what got me here, and that's why you see that breakout career, I was, I really had that chip on my shoulder, had to let people know that they messed up by passing on me. Yeah, I love that, man. I love having, I love the fact that you got that inner grit to keep going and keep moving forward. Because there's you a lot of, there's a lot of level. people out there that that just give up. Yeah, yeah. That, but that's the thing, though. When you get to this level, that's what'll separate those that are successful from those that are not. That aspect right there. I love it, man. So I know that you said you worked a lot with a skill trainer, and obviously, skill training in that development now in the last several years has become huge. Blowout. I mean, blowing people up like with Tyler Ralph, um, Gannon Baker, uh, Jordan Lolly, uh, DJ Sackman, like, and obviously the guys that you're working with. Did did that really evolve your game? Is that true? Getting in that grind every day with an actual skill training coach. Yeah, man. I mean, you can get all the reps you want, but if you can't have somebody that can view your game objectively and give you constructive criticism, it's gonna kind of limit your your progress because you only have one set of eyes looking at your game and there's so much you miss if you're not looking at it from you know an aerial point of view so i actually am blessed enough to have a team you know i have phil scott who does a lot of my skill work he he really breaks down my ball handling breaks down certain aspects of my game you know i, I 
target things in my my game that I want to change every summer and get better at, and he just you know fine tunes things for me. And Keon was able to actually coach me throughout the Drew League and really implement those things and kind of you know manage my career as far as the player that I'm going to be internationally. So you know those two they weren't working directly together, but they both worked on me simultaneously, and it kind of like really made me into this different player that I am now. Nice, because I, I was watching your highlights. And man, you look like a little train going through some people, you know, and I like that. So is that more of the conditioning and lifting side of things too? Yeah, it's just a combination of things. I mean, like I said, when I was home, I had that time on my hands and I had to find a way to make money. So, you know, instead, a lot of guys would get a side hustle or something like that to where, you know, you're just trying to make quick cash. But I, I sat down and I was kind of plotting on it. And um, I actually got certified to be a personal trainer and I studied the kinesiology aspect of basketball. So I do performance training on my own now. I'm able to handle all my own strength and conditioning and make sure that my body is feeling right before the season and before each game. And so I take what they're doing with me and I understand, you know, what I need to get better at, such as things like balance, you know, core strength, leg strength. You know, I don't, I fine tune my diet. I don't eat any dairy. I don't eat red meat, no pork, nothing like that. So I've, I've been able to, you know, find the formula that works for me instead of just, you know, trying to find a one-size-fits-all mode for my game and, you know, having those guys and then being my own strength and conditioning trainer, it's kind of let me have the power within my own system. So it's just been great, man, but it's a combination of things. There's no one reason that it worked out. Man, hats off to you, man. I mean, I'm a huge guy that I I love fitness. I love working out, hitting the weights, getting big. Um, Half the time I'm training my kids – for my teams, people come up to me and they go, you a football player? And I go, no, man, this is just how I look and how I like to feel. I mean, just because I look big and got muscles doesn't mean that I'm a, a football player. You know what I mean? So exactly. I, hats off to you, brother. I love that. Now, playing in the Drew League, how was that? How was playing in the Drew? Um, you know, being from West Covina, you come to Watts and, you know, they're going to they're gonna label you off top. You you kind of get that that soft that valley that you know ie label and um you know i feed off that i'm, I'm already a light-skinned guy walking in the gym and they, you know they kind of give us a stigma for being soft and you know I'm, I'm not really the guy that's like that at all i'm more of a pit bull so i've had if you look at my games in the drew league i've had my best games when i've had the biggest names on the court so i've always rise to that challenge and um Last year, nobody knew who I was until I had that, you know, the year where I was in the MVP race and things like that. And, you know, you got to you got to earn your respect in the Drew League. Nobody cares that you played Division One or that you were in the NBA or whatever, whatever. It's just all about exactly what they say it is. No excuse, just produce. You know, there have been lottery picks that came in there and got embarrassed. So for me, being a guy who had just got let go in Spain and coming from West Covina, the cars weren't in my favor, but... You know, I went out there with nothing else on my mind but just, you know, trying to beat everybody up all summer, and that's pretty much how it went. Man, that's deep. So who who influences you right now? Who influences you right now in your journey of basketball? In my journey, you know, to be honest, man, I got a, uh, one of my close friends. He's he's hurt right now, but he's a, a professional. He's been a pro for a while. He's actually going through, like, his second or third knee surgery. His name is Carlin Brown. 
Okay. He's probably my closest, you know, mentor. He's a couple years older than me. He's always checking in with me, giving me books to read, things like that. I'm usually the bigger brother in this type of situation, but he's the guy that's, you know, closest to my age that I can go to and just, you know, feed off of and get that the, the good advice and the right energy from. So he's probably, at this point in time, the most influential. But like I said, I have a team of guys like my trainers and stuff I bounce thoughts off of, and it's just – it's a lot, man. It can't just come from one thing, you know. Right. What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Whether it was from a coach, a teammate, a trainer. Um, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of the generic advice that you get is gonna work to an extent. Right. But once you once you become a professional, the best advice that I got was to listen to your body, just to learn how to listen to your body. I mean, it's such an underrated aspect of just being completely in tune with yourself, you know, as a player, knowing when certain things are going and knowing when to fine tune other things, but just to listen to your body and just to really understand the aspect of doing all the maintenance work and, you know, doing all the rehab and preparation, because essentially this is how you make your money and feed your family. So yeah, it's, it's listening to your body, you know, whether it be fitness or anything like that was probably the single biggest gym that I got wow there you go now um if there's a piece of advice you can give anybody listening what what would that be Uh, I mean there's so many directions you can go with that but just the best advice that I can give you is just to really get out of your own way I mean people kind of there's there's an ego associated with basketball you know, you have to have this competitive arrogance in order to be a winner, in order to compete at the highest level. Yes. But on the flip side of that, it comes with people kind of taking themselves a little bit too seriously. So I would just say people have to know when they get out of their own way. You, I mean, there's a, like I said, there's a there's an egotistical side of basketball that comes with it because you have to have this competitive arrogance in order to really compete at the highest level. You have to feel like you're better than everybody in order to be the best. But you know, there's a downside to that because people begin to take themselves a little bit too seriously when things aren't going well. So, you know, just live for the moment. And when it's not going well, understand that it will go well soon. That's just part of the game. Yeah. Now, what do you love the most about this game that you play? The thing that I love the most about this game is how closely it parallels life itself. I mean, if you really look at everything about basketball, it teaches so many life lessons, just how to deal with adversity in general. So everything you teach these kids, it makes them better people. It makes them better employees. It makes them better family members. It makes them better men. Just everything about basketball that you learn how to be a good teammate, you know, work with others. It just teaches you life lessons. And that's my favorite thing about it. Oh, man, you can drop the mic on that one because that was heat. That's exact. I think exactly the same, man. I tell people all the time, whether it's just your daughter, your son, um, your cousins. I say, man, a team sport. Whether it's any team sport, yeah. you know that that is a molding of a great human being. If they're taught lessons right in situations, that world's not going to eat them up because they can get right. eat up by a coach. They can get eat up by a teammate. Oh man, I love that. I'm loving that. Now, if um, if everything was wiped out right now, everything was wiped out out of your life right now, no basketball, no nothing. 
what are the three core values you would leave behind to somebody from what you've learned on your journey right now? From what I've learned, um, everything's wiped out right now. Yeah. Loyalty is probably the biggest one that I stand by in all aspects. Um, you know, loyal to yourself, loyal to the game, loyal, just loyal to life. Another one is persistence through adversity. Um, and I think the last one would just be living in the now, you know, embracing the moment because that's that's all it'll ever be. It'll never be the past. It'll never be the future. It's always going to be the moment. So, you know, just embrace it in its entirety. Man, I love that. Are you living your dream right now? I'm living my dream. Um Obviously, I still have goals that I want to further accomplish. I still have, you know, aspects that I'd like to make better. But um, when I look around, I have everything that I, I need, you know, and that's that's a fulfilling thing to be. You know, I used to always focus on what I wanted to become. And now I'm at a point in my life where I can focus on being instead of focus on becoming. And um, I think I like that, that right there just solidified what I wanted to do. But I still, you got to rewrite new goals, you know? Yeah, I like that, man. That's deep. So, what do you fear, if you have any? Um, I don't really have any fears for myself. Um, I mean, I'm sure small things will come up, but, you know, like, I have fears for other people. I think I fear, like, losing people, you know? My fears are mostly for family. Um, you know, I fear, like, you know, things like might not go right for my girl or something like that. But as far as for me, I'm a dog. I know I'm going to be okay even if things don't go well. I've been through bad situations and made it out fine. Um, so I don't really have too many fears for myself. I just have, like, you know, unselfish fears that things won't go right for other people. Cool. All right. Um, I got a few more questions for you. Um, what's your favorite basketball player? Like, growing up watching, who was your favorite basketball player? Allen Iverson, hands down. Hands down, AI. Loving that. Easy. Okay. Favorite go-to move that you use? In and out cross. Okay. In and out cross over every time. I can take the pull-up or I can keep going, but in and out cross usually comes the most natural to me. Beautiful. Favorite shoot of playing? Uh, ever or right now? How about both? My favorite shoot to play in ever Probably the Hirachi 2K4s. Okay. Um, right now, I really like the Kyrie 3s. Okay, Kyrie's are nice. Favorite yeah. Jordan shoe ever? Uh, either the 4s or the 11s. That's tough. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a... I'm a huge fan of the threes and the eleven, so I'm, I'm feeling. I love good, the though. threes are right after. The threes are right after for me. Right on, brother. Well, hey man. Um, the other other thing I have to ask you is, if someone ever wanted to contact you, talk to you, whether it's, you know, a piece of advice or just follow you, you know, follow your journey, and that can motivate them. Where where can people reach out to you? Man, I'm on every social media platform there is. I got Twitter. I got Facebook. I got Instagram. Um, I got Snapchat. You can just Google my name and probably find my Twitter. So that's it's easy. But uh, the one thing I would give the kids is ask those questions. You know, sometimes they're a little bit intimidated about, you know, reaching out to older guys that they may or may not know. But just, you know, go for it. Ask those questions for guys that have been that route that you're trying to go. And, you know, get all the information you can. If you're going to dedicate your life to this, get as much knowledge about it as you can. 
Thank you, man. I love that. Well, hey, hey, Carrie, man. Thank you for being on my show, man. It was a blessing. You dropped some heat. You were uh, very knowledgeable with the wording. I loved it, man. I loved it. Hey, man, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you.